All righty, waiting us off, it's going to be Ken and Anthony on the Ravens and the Browns' role in the Ravens losing. Think about everything he just said about Baltimore, and it's what everybody's saying about Baltimore today. Well, if that's Baltimore, then it's even worse for us. If it's that humiliating for Baltimore, then it's extra humiliating for us who got blown off the field in a playoff game. Does it make sense, though, what I'm saying? It's like, wait, if we're just a bad team, it's like, I got to have the Schadenfreude or I'm going to go nuts. That's what it sounded like. But because my team made the playoffs, I still have to look at me and go, where are we going from here? It was a nice season, yeah. but what are we doing to get better and making sure that we're in that position to take on? Like, if you go down to Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to tell you guys right now, maybe you're going to have to play these back for me next year. If we end up against Patrick Mahomes in the playoff next year and you go down against Patrick Mahomes, I don't think I'm going to be that upset. It just seemed to me to see some of the Browns fans, you know, take to the message boards immediately to make fun of the Ratbirds. It's like, well, you realize they can make fun of us more because they got further than us. I don't know that they can. You got further... But that was also the very best shot that the Ravens are ever going to give. We haven't come anywhere close to exploring that with the Browns. Deshaun Watson at his apex with that Browns defense that we had this year and a healthy Nick Chubb and a healthy offensive line. If we went into that game against Mahomes and then we got deep-hanced and absolutely dog-walked, then, yeah, we'd have a lot of problems on our hands. I, I, I think what makes it so demoralizing for Baltimore is that they were right there, and they were so close, and it's the very best chance they're ever going to have at Mahomes, and they got destroyed. It just hits differently. It's like the Bills losing with 13 seconds left. There are things you just can't come back from. I don't know how Baltimore comes back from that game and that outcome. Because anything you tell yourself, you can go 13-4 and again next year, you can be the number one seed, you can beat every team that is above 500 by a million points like they did this year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Patrick Mahomes exists. And there's only two quarterbacks right now on the face of the earth. One of them is, is retired and doesn't play anymore in Tom Brady. And the other that is Joe Burrow that can legitimately say, I can beat Patrick Mahomes. But the Browns haven't been tested that way. Until tested, we have to believe we can. Baltimore knows that answer. Buffalo knows that answer. We don't know that answer. Ignorance is going to be bliss there. Nick on Mac's eating habits. Here we go. I would like to point out that today we found out that Mac, when he goes to, so we all have our restaurants we like to go to. I'm not going to mention the name of the establishment, but you can get a, a mean burrito bowl from this establishment. Um, and we found out today that Mac gets the exact same order. I mean, down to like the accoutrement. Damn near every time he goes to this burrito joint. And... Like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it because I'm like, well, I'll I'll throw in some carne in there, right? Or I'll throw in some hot sauce on this one. Or, hey, let's double up the cheese this time just to get a little different taste. Keith, I'm not I'm not alone on this, right? No, but, like, doesn't that get boring, eating the same thing for lunch, like, every day? It's got to be. People, people probably work with people at the workplace that do the same thing, whether they bring it from home or get it from somewhere. Eating the same thing every single day? Yeah. like And it's like, not – like, I can understand, like um, – when I lost all that weight, I ate pretty much the same thing every day simply because it was limited my temptation, right? But if you're already eating crappy, there's so many ways to, to, to get creative by not eating the most healthy way that you can eat. So I wanted to agree because I don't really eat the same thing every day when it comes to dinner. But I was thinking about it. Now I'm eating avocado toast in the morning every day. That's been like five or six straight days, and I'm really not planning to give that up anytime soon. I like it. It tastes good. It's easy to make. It's not a big deal. 
And there was a time in my life where I went to Subway every single day for an entire year. Every single day for an entire year, minus the weekends, kind of, kind of. Uh, but yeah, more times than not, let's put it that way. I was at Subway and I ate the same thing. It was the oven roasted chicken sandwich. I got the same exact things on it. I never really mixed it up and I was more than happy with it. This is why I'm not being interviewed on the streets for TikTok videos right here. This is the answer why. Because my Subway order never changed in an entire year. I get it. If you like something, you like something. I could eat at that burrito bowl place a decent amount of times in a row ordering the same thing. Now, I order through my app, and I don't want to edit the button and change it, so I just kind of always order the same thing from that place. But, uh, yeah, I no, I get it. I really do. It's a comfort thing, and it's also a routine thing. I think it's more routine than it is anything. You find something you like, stick with it. And then go with it until you don't like it anymore. No problem with that at all. Baskin and Phelps on Boomer Esiason Super Bowl idea. Here we go. I want to hear this. I want right. to hear how So, Dan, what did... Friend, we love Boomer. By the way, friend of the show, Boomer Esiason. Yep. Yeah, Even well, though he played for the Bengals. Yeah, uh, thank you. I, I'm okay. You named your dog after him. Yeah, I did not name our dog after him. Go ahead, Dan. Oh. So, on Boomer and Geo this morning... This took place courtesy of CBS Sports Radio. When are they going to consider or have the conversation of moving the Super Bowl from Sunday to Saturday? Not happening. Like, it's just ridiculous. Not happening. Well, there, there it's more likely they'll move it to President's Weekend. And I, I believe, no matter what the NFLPA says, I still think that they're going to try to go to 18 games. They have to grow the pie. That's what they always have to do. Yeah. And, you know, I know the NFLPA is going to have a lot of pushback on that. I would think that they would expand the rosters, which is going to be very important, especially for offensive and defensive linemen and running backs. And then uh, I think they're going to try to go to 18 games and try to move the Super Bowl to President's Weekend. Regardless of the games, moving it to President's Weekend is brilliant. I don't ever want to see them put it on Saturday. Because that way you have the day off on Monday? Yes. It makes sense. That makes sense. For the for and the it reason turns it into a big party and a big celebration. Yeah, and what you know, the thought of moving it Saturday, I understand that, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. Like that's I mean, they can mess with a lot of things, but it's gotta be Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know that America is ready for Super Bowl Sunday into President's Day weekend. I just don't know that we could as a society collectively control ourselves a hundred million people all with the day off on monday majority with the day off on monday and everyone throwing a party i mean think about it you go out maybe for new year's you go out for certain events throughout the year you go to a super bowl party everyone goes to a super bowl party it's like it's like a mandatory thing you have in life you end up going to a super bowl party i everyone goes if you don't have work the next day It is going to be an absolute bleep show. I don't think America's ready for it. I think for the betterment of the nation, we might have to, we might have to go ahead and maybe not make this one a reality. I know everyone wants it. I know everyone thinks they want it. I don't know that we can handle it. If it does go down, 100 million people. Oh. I'll say this. I've been to a lot of Super Bowl parties. I do have the Sunday scaries. I thought, now the hard part about Super Bowl weekend, okay, is that it's the it's the, it's awesome, right? And it's so cool and it's so great. 
but the Super Bowl doesn't get going until like 5 o'clock or whatever it is, and the game's not done until 9, you wait all weekend to watch that game, find the result of that game, enjoy that game, and the moment that game ends, the moment your weekend ends. That is the part that is criminal when it comes to the Super Bowl. So I know Andy said Super Bowl Sunday is, is sacred. I think Super Bowl Saturday can roll off the tongue just the same. It still keeps the alliteration and everything is good that way. I think Super Bowl Saturday would be awesome because I wouldn't have the Sunday scaries. I wouldn't be worried about work the next day. I wouldn't be worried about uh, what I have to do and my responsibilities and, and, and where I have to be in life. I just get to enjoy then Sunday and the hangover that's attached to Sunday. And then I get to recuperate all day on Sunday. And I don't even need President's Day to fulfill that. I'm, I'm here for Su- Super Bowl Saturday. But again, either way, I don't know that America can truly handle it because there is nothing else we do like 100 million people all doing the same event for Super Bowl. 100 million people? Do we? Oh, does 100 million people go to New Year's Eve parties? I doubt it. Highly doubt it. Does 100 million people do Valentine's Day? I doubt it. Does 100 million people? I mean, there's how many things in America do 100 million people do concurrently? That answer's got to be zero things outside of the Super Bowl. It's just grown. It's grown and is that big. All right, next up, Ken and Lima on Coyotes. All right, Owen, Owen's on an Avon Facebook page. Tell them about the people that are saying that they are being imported. Oh, there's a guy on a, on one of our local pages that's just, I don't know how true it is. He's just telling everybody, yeah, they're importing the Coyotes. They're bringing them in. These are out-of-town Coyotes. They're bringing them in. Who is bringing in the and, Coyotes? What, are well, they stealing it's got our the, jobs? It's got the city and Tizzy. Build the wall for Coyotes right. specifically. <laughs> wait. I've. Who brings in coyotes? Like I heard about the bricks thing years ago, but I didn't know. I don't know about coyotes. Well, one guy here in a vest was yelling about it, but uh, I, I didn't hear anything about uh. That's how they get you. coyotes. Big jumps in Maple Heights. Turn it all down. Go ahead. My boys, um, um, I've had a lot to deal with the coyotes over. I run a big stone yard. They hang around over here. They're always look. They're constantly in here. They follow train tracks. It's one of the big things coyotes do. They use that as a road to get them to where they're going. Second of all, they like housing areas because people will let their little pooches out. There's cats. There's raccoons. That's what they're going for. You don't think this is happening. It's dangerous when you don't see them more than when you do see them. Really? If you see them, you, 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 yeah, because they're there. They're out here. Believe me, they're in all the cities. Years ago, the national parks bring them into the Cuyahoga Valley to call the deer herds. Well, they've sort of done that. They've called the deer herds. Wow. Jumps, jumps. Hold on, hold on. Jumps, jumps. Back up. So you're saying it's legitimate that coyotes have been imported to take down the deer? This was many moons ago. This is all fact. They bring them into the Cuyahoga Valley to call the deer herds. And it's been more of a nightmare for them people who have little chicken farms. And a lot of the people down in the valley, they'll have their little farms for this and that and their dogs and stuff. My friend lives in Richfield. He snares at least 10 coyotes a year with gigantic snares. He snares them are you allowed to do that? Not. You're allowed to. You are. There are apartments. They're scoundrels. In which towns? Are you sure you're allowed to do that in every town? I think there might be. That might vary no, no, from no, community. No, 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 no. You, you, can, you can take them out. Just an all-time call. I loved every bit of it. Uh, Cuyahoga? Cuyahoga? How did he call it? He sounded like he was choking when he said it. Cuyahoga! Calling them scoundrels? 
was top notch for me. What was the other part we laughed about in the first little bit of that that I absolutely loved and adored? Just calling it coyotes. Coyotes, that's right. It's not coyotes, it's coyotes for that man. I loved it. Flashbacks of Varsity Blues. The best part, one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't want your life. One of the one of the best parts is that uh the dumbest market I know, Jonathan Moxon, is the the three of them collectively just not getting on board with the idea that coyotes could be implanted and put in Northeast Ohio in certain parts for certain reasons. And this guy calling up and just be a well, actually the whole entire group, but he did it within uh, like a, a five second span that you just, you can't even dream of. That man had to have already been on hold waiting. Then they came up with that. And he's like, these scoundrels know exactly what they do. And they're awful. I love it. I love, you know, I love passion in sports. I love passionate coyote takes. Had no idea they were that dangerous, though. Real, like, low-key, real... I, I had no idea uh, that's what we were dealing with here. If you see something, say something, I guess. All right, next up, it's going to be Nick Wilson on Evan Mobley. I actually thought Jason uh, Jason Lloyd of The Athletic had a great piece about how... And we had made a joke. Hayden Grove had tweeted out a picture... Or, sorry, a video of Evan Mobley attempting threes in practice. And I was like, oh, that's so good, because he's not going to take any of those in the game. Well, Jason actually had a... A, a great take on how now's the time for Evan Mobley to just start taking those threes. And it that is going to be one of the factors that will determine the trajectory of the Cavaliers really more in the postseason than anything. If he can just get comfortable taking those shots, even if he shoots 32% or 33% or 35%, like even if it's significantly below league average right now, Mobley just being able to take and make those three points and convincingly force the defenses to, to, to go out to the perimeter and defend him would go a long way to stifling some of the natural similarities and the perception that the Cavs have two rim-running, non-shooting bigs. We talked about this at 7 o'clock off the gate. Odyssey, rewind, go back and listen. We'll do it again later in the show, 10 o'clock hour as well. I just I believe in the idea that Evan Mobley from the perimeter, even if it costs you games moving forward, you got to make that move. You got to find a way to make that work because it, 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 I, we have seen the very best of Jared Allen in this stretch here. We have unlocked the very best that Jared Allen has to offer. And I know you don't make big moves off of Jared Allen alone, but I think it can be the, in the best interest of Evan Mobley and the best interest of the Cavs. They are ten and one in the stretch when Mobley wasn't on the court. And I don't think that's an accident. The spacing is needed. The perimeter threat is needed to see everyone else shine. And that is the fan focus. We come on back to one six four seven four to below ninety two. Off the beaten path coming up in twenty five minutes. But I want your help on this one. I want your phone calls and your input on this one as well. How much enjoyment can you actually take from the Ravens losing? Are we supposed to be nice and quiet because we had a pretty disastrous first-round exit? Or can we gloat about the idea that Baltimore did get stumped? 216474 to below 92. We'll do that next. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan.